Welcome to Racing Around the Maritimes, episode number nine, I believe it is. Good episode coming up, a little different. We're going to start it off by talking to the co-host of the Exhibition Park Raceway livestream, Scott Woodell. He's going to be on to discuss the upcoming card on Saturday at Exhibition Park Raceway. We're going to take a rundown through the pick five on Saturday. Um, and I'm also going to ask him a few different questions uh, so we can get to know him a little better. That should be a great show. Uh, after that, uh, we're going to take a rundown through some tickets for Charlottetown Driving Park on Saturday as well. Also, some tickets for Monday at Summerside Raceway and some tickets for Sunday at Truro Raceway. So, pretty good show coming up for this weekend. Uh, but starting it off right now is an interview with Scott Waddell. Stay tuned. And welcome to Racing Around the Maritimes. I'm Grady Hashi. With me, I have Scott Waddell. Very happy to have Scott on. Scott, thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure, Grady. Great to be here. Um, first of all, uh, congrats on becoming a grandfather. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, certainly a big change in my life. It's the, uh, the first one and looking forward to spending all kinds of time up here in Moncton with, uh, with the new granddaughter. So I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get right into this. Uh, how did you become involved in harness racing in whatever way? Uh, actually, Grady, when I was young, I was young like you when I got my start and my sister brought me to the races one day. Her boyfriend was racing some horses, Tony Watson, and I kind of followed along and, uh, just started going to the races on Saturdays. And then when, uh, grew up, uh, started going when I was about 13 years old, probably, and when I was old enough to work, I actually started my first job at Exhibition Park Raceway under Doug Caldwell and started in the paramutual department selling uh, tickets. And then I ended up working up in the judges stand. So I first started running charts back and forth from the barn to the judges stand. And then I got up and started doing some timing and did some charting as well. And then I moved to doing some um, public address announcements throughout the afternoon or night of racing and worked alongside my, uh, my mentor, Ingham Palmer, who uh, kind of showed me the ropes of uh, the announcing game. And he was good enough to uh, give me an opportunity and um, kind of went from there. So I started doing a couple of races each card. And then once in a while, Ingham would um, allow me to do, you know, half the card. And then uh, once Ingham decided to, uh, to, take a little bit of a, a backseat and kind of let me, um, you know, take the ropes and, uh, you know, kind of ply my trade and did that for a while. And then unfortunately Ingham took sick and um, subsequently he passed away and I ended up uh, being his replacement. So I uh, announced races for a number of years. And uh, as you know, Grady, I know that you're a, a budding announcer yourself and uh heard you do a few races you sound awesome by the way Thank you. and i just think it's great for young people to get in the sport i started at a young age so i 
I, um, I've always found it, um, you know, great to get youngsters involved and, you know, for somebody like yourself that wants to, you know, try their hat at announcing and things like that. And, you know, I'm, uh, one of the first ones to, uh, to support young people. Well, thanks, Scott. I, I very much appreciate that. Um, oh, no right problem. Now, right now, you are the co-host of the Exhibition Park Raceway live stream. Can you tell me, just give me the cliff notes about how, you know, how the day works uh, with the production and how it all sure. works? Yeah, um, I work with Curtis Johnston, and he's my, uh, we call ourselves partners. Okay. And uh, what happens is um, j- when the first... Uh, overnight sheet comes out curtis will send his picks along to me and i'll have a look at them of course and kind of analyze them and i also pop them up on horse racing new brunswick's facebook page and allow uh, the betters a chance to look at uh, what curtis thinks is uh, the top picks for the specific card so i'll look at them and kind of go in we'll do some uh, before the races, we usually get there around 12, quarter after 12 uh, in that time frame on a Saturday. And we kind of go over, uh, Curtis does a great job. Uh, he does his research. He looks at what other tracks are going on, if there's some big events to talk about. So he does a great job at, at uh, that. And I just kind of piggyback off of, uh, off of uh, the great work that Curtis does and uh, we've been doing it for a little while now and you know it's a lot of fun it's um something that uh what i like about it grady is uh you know you never know how we trace is gonna is gonna unfold so you make your best um selections and i know you've done some handicapping and things of of uh yourself so you know what it's like to you know kind of analyze a race and kind of see how you think uh, things are going to play out. But a lot of times, um, you know, it doesn't happen that way, but you kind of uh, go on to the next one and uh, you just try and do your best with the the program information. Um, You know, you do your homework a little bit before the race card and things like that. So we have a great time. Uh, Look forward to it each and every Saturday. Um, Curtis and I have been doing it for, um, geez, I think it's about six years now. And, um, you know, I've been working in the harness racing industry now, well, like I say, since I was uh, 16 years old. So I'm kind of give, give my age away here, but it's been, uh, you know, over, over 30 years that uh, I've worked in some capacity of, of horse racing. So it's in my blood. I love it. And, um, you know, it's great to see young fellows like you that kind of get it in your blood. You can see that develop over a period of time and looking forward to, um, I think you've got a bright future uh, ahead of you. You just got to keep at it and uh, keep, looking for chances to do whatever you can. And I think uh, doing this podcast, for example, is a great way to get your name out there, get some recognition. And uh, I think you've got a, got a bright future ahead of you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now, when you handicap race, do you have a certain angle or strategy that you use? Uh, I look for, um, you know, mo- most analysts, I guess, look at it and, look at uh, post position on a half mile track is crucial as you know, Grady. Um, yeah, absolutely. um, 
you know, half mile racing, you know, the, the closer you are to the inside post, if you've got good speed off the gate, you can get well positioned, you know, you've got a better chance. So, um, you look at class drops, if a horse is racing tougher competition, for example, the week before and they angle down in class and you get a chance to, uh, I, I know Curtis likes to call it the drop and pop and, um, you know, you see a horse drop and, you know, that kind of catches your eye and you, and you go with it. But uh, I think post position and class would uh, probably be the the two biggest factors. And uh, one other one I kind of take into consideration quite a bit is driver changes. When you see a horse that might just not be uh, racing their best or maybe looking for a change or need a change of uh, driver and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, horses need that. You'll see horses go along and racing well, and then they get kind of into a funk. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a different driver to to wake them up and, and get them going. So you kind of look at that kind of things, too, when you, you know, you see a Mark Campbell, for example, coming to St. John on uh, Saturday and uh, catch driving a few, you know, you look at that angle because Mark's, uh, you know, he's the, you know, the reigning driving champion of, of the Maritimes and, you know, him along with uh, Jill and some of the drivers that come over, you know, that kind of catches your eye too when you're, when you're analyzing the card uh, coming up on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. Um, yeah. Now, do you, do you actually put live money on races yourself? Um, once in a while I will, um, you know, there's certainly no rules against, uh, somebody like myself. Um, we have no, um, we have nothing to do with the outcome of the race, but Curtis and I want to put a few bucks down, you know, there's nothing stopping us. Um, you know, I do the odd time. If I see a horse paying half decent, I kind of watch the pools too. Um, you know, at our track, sometimes you'll see a horse and they'll be paying, you know, five, six dollars to win and have a majority of the money in the pool, uh, in the win column. But you look at that uh, specific horse and they might only have a couple place tickets, for example, and I might go throw, you know, a couple place tickets on it. And, you know, not that you make a whole lot of money, Grady, as you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get a, you know, seven, $8 place ticket. And for, you know, four bucks, you have a little bit of fun and, and you, uh, you know, you kind of cheer them on, uh, you know, certainly not while you're, while you're working, but you know, while you're off camera and off, off the mic and stuff, you kind of cheer for the horse that you might, uh, throw a couple bucks on. So yeah, I do it once in a while and I, I do it more for the fun of it than anything. Okay. Um, yeah, this Saturday is probably the best card that EPR yeah. has had in a while. I mean, what what yeah. a bunch of great stake races with the MB Breeders, the the Atlantic Gate yeah. Patronary Series, which I believe is making its first time over St. John. I don't think we've ever had that there before. Uh, uh, we may have in the past, uh, Grady. I don't think we did last year. Um, I think it's back this year as part of uh, what used to be Exhibition Week. This would normally be uh, Pre-COVID, uh, the Atlantic National Exhibition would be in the parking lot in some some form or fashion, and we'd be racing 
the final Saturday of exhibition week uh, this coming Saturday. So we normally have some premier events, but like like you alluded to, it's uh, one of the best cards that we've had here at Exhibition Park in, uh, I'd say, you know, a handful of years anyway. And we've got some uh, some nice horses that I'm sure you'll want to talk about, you know, coming up in, a, in the uh, free-for-all event as well as uh, – as the uh, stake races and you know it's nice to see the new new brunswick breeder stakes uh inaugural season you know it's the first year for the two-year-old uh new brunswick stake so that's going to be an inter- interesting uh couple races they actually are races one and two on saturday and you know, going over uh, $22,000 in purse money. So it's, uh, you know, it's nice to get a race, get races like that in New Brunswick and try to try and build uh, the industry back up. We've had some tough years over, over the past few years without government support like that. But I think uh, we've done a fairly good job at uh, attracting some new events and, and keeping the sport alive here in New Brunswick. Yeah, um, as you know, I unfortunately have an emotional connection uh, to yeah. Billy in the MV Breeders. Um, that yes, you do. ACS Starlight. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I made sure I avoided handicapping that race. Just so I didn't <laughs> You know, I, yeah. it's, it's just, it's a horse race. Don't know what will happen. So that's why I ended up going with races uh, 6 through 10. Um, and uh, we get to that right now yeah sure take a look at the uh the pick five which is um you know something we've started here at exhibition park and you know hopefully it gets and actually the pick five this week has a carryover too i think it's around three hundred dollars and that's with um not sure what they'll do i know last week there was a guaranteed uh payout of five hundred dollars anybody that hit the pick five so i'm not absolutely sure at uh at the time of this interview if um we're continuing with that or if it's going to be 500 plus the the uh carryover so we'll have to uh i probably won't find that out until uh till saturday unfortunately but uh we do have the pick five coming up and uh courses uh we talked uh off mic here before we got rolling here grady it starts uh race six on saturday yeah, race six, the Atlantic Age Pacing Mare Series Division, a field of five uh, with traces of purple, Philly 47, Woodmere Sky Roller, Lady Like, and Arc Light. That is a tremendous field. Those are five of the best age mares yeah. in the times. And I mean, there's so much talent in that. Who'd you land on in that one? I'd have to go. Um... Again, you look at post position, but, uh, you know, uh, I think it's between Arclight and Woodmere Skyroller. I know Arclight this week has the outside post, uh, albeit it's only post five. So the horse is, of course, only going five, five wide in that race. But, uh, you know, Mark Campbell has uh, just, a, you know, a powerhouse of a stable, especially when it comes to pay. Had tremendous success over the years with um, pacing mares. He's got uh, you know a couple of them this year with uh, Dream Dream Fair Zenfire and Arc Light. Uh, you know they've paced in the fifty three range. Um, you know uh, all the time over in Charlottetown, as as does uh, Woodmere Skyroller. So um, in that first uh, leg, Grady, I'd have to go with. Uh, Probably I give the slight edge just with the post with the uh, Woodmere Skyroller. Uh, I was exactly 
uh, with you there. Uh, I do yeah. like Lunar Sky Roller from that spot. As she was the former three-year-old uh, Philly track record holder at EPR up until last week when Tobin's Brownie broke it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Lunar Sky Roller with the regular driver, she's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, definitely. Okay, now on to the second leg, race number seven to see Dom Brenner and Royal Stake for the three-year-old pacing Phillies going for a purse of $10,300. It's a field of six featuring the new track record holder for three-year-olds, Tobin's Brownie. Who do you like in this one, Scott? Well, again, I look at post. Uh, Tobin's Brownie raced tremendous last week. Uh, David Dowling's had this filly on top of her A game the last uh, few weeks, actually. I've seen her over. You were probably over there. I don't know if you've seen this specific race or not, Grady, but uh, Tobin's Brownie went that big trip in 53-4 and and just had the Railbirds buzzing that day with uh, setting the track record for three-year-old pacing fillies. But uh, I'll tell you, this little mystifying from post three, uh, she's been ultra impressive this year. She's eight of 11 going into uh, Saturday's card. And, um, you know, she's got some decent money made on her program. She can, uh, what I like about this little filly, she can leave or she can uh, come from off the pace. And she's got one uh, strong uh, you know, last quarter, an eighth of a mile in her. Like, if she's close at the top of the stretch, I can't see them beating Mystifying. I know Tobin's Brownie just set the track record, but I'm going to give the slight edge here to Mystifying. I just like the way she races. Uh, she's versatile, and I just think with, um, uh, you know, with post five, Tobin's Brownie has a little bit to, to overcome, and you know, I think if Barrio wants to get mystifying off the gate, I think he's got a good shot to uh, to control the fractions in here from post three. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Tobin's Brownie is going to leave really hard and, yeah. and get, the, get the lead early, but I think that mystifying is just so tough that whether she's on top or coming off yeah. the back of Brownie, they're going to be flying home in probably a 28-second possibly yeah. even 27 and change closing quarter. And Barrio yeah. tends to have a way of getting everything out of his horses, and he is driving mystifying. So I had to land on mystifying as well. It was just too hard to refuse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, on to race eight. It's a regular race. The non-winners of 1501 last five starts going for a purse of 1,400. We got two mares in this one and three geldings, the two mares being Joe's Beauty and Pickpocket Princess, the three geldings being Fall Bliss, Eban the Boys, and Brandon's Glory. Who'd you land on in this one, Scott? Uh, this is an interesting one, Grady. When I looked yep. at this race, uh, when I was kind of preparing for – for this um, podcast, uh, it's a pretty tough race. Uh, Fall Bliss has the inside post, uh, definitely has the early speed advantage. This horse can leave like uh, there's no tomorrow off the inside and has won so many races off the front. But he's got some tough sledding in here, I think. Uh, Joe's Beauty impressed me in her last outing, uh, Steve kind of just floated along with hers and uh this this mare has uh 
has a great deal of speed. And the secret to her is just keeping her together. And she looked pretty good last week. And I think if she can keep things together, I know she's up a class and she's going to have to step it up a little bit. But I think if uh, Fall Bliss takes on some early speed, maybe Brandon's glory, Mark Campbell might bust off the gate pretty good. And uh, even Jason Hughes with Pip Prockett Princess, she can bust the gate. We've seen her do it here. And even Eben the boys with Barrio has some good gate speed. So it's going to be interesting. And maybe Joe's beauty, uh, I think you'll get half decent price on her too, maybe. And uh, coming off the pace, maybe for uh, Steve Mason. But that's a bit of a long shot there, Grady, I think. Okay, yeah. I ended up landing on the two, Eben the boys. Um, I just, I him and Barrio get along very well. Um, yeah, they this do. Is a, this is an old campaigner that, that gives us all every time out. Um, and this is actually a drop down in class for him, which I really like uh, as he drops from non winners in 1901 to non winners of 1501, where he actually yeah. was third. And getting post two with Fall Bliss right to the inside of him, who Fall Bliss, he can leave with the best of them. And so I yeah. think Evan the boys will be able to get a great trip, and I think it will work out for him in the end, um, and he'll find himself in the winner's circle. Now on to race number nine, probably the second featured race. Of yeah. Him, besides the Rod Gogan, that would be the Don Brenner Memorial Stake for the three-year-old pacing Colt. In this one, you got Pictonian Thunder, Elliot Moose, Dusty Lane Goliath, who is the current track record holder at Exhibition Park Raceway. You got Woodmere Fieldio, Pictonian I am, just call me Doc Woodmere Alvin. This is a tremendous field of seven. Scott, who do you like in this very competitive and fast field? Well. They seem to go back and forth, uh, Dusty Lane Goliath and Woodmere Steel deal. Uh, Post has had a little bit of advantage for, I think, both horses. Last start, Woodmere Steel deal had the inside of uh, Goliath. Goliath um, seems to race good on this track. He was um, broken on this track. Barrio broke him here. He learned all of his early lessons here. And he's he's been impressive. He won the McIsaac here and, uh, you know, set the track record 153. And, you know, I still can't believe that a three-year-old actually has a track record. And I don't know after Saturday if uh, if he will, but uh, we'll talk about that maybe in a few minutes. But uh, I'm going to go with Goliath just because of the inside post advantage. Um, steel deal, of course. I mean, they're, they're the top two without question in there. Uh, Elliot Moose, certainly not out of the uh, conversation. This horse has, you know, had to race these other two, you know, for a good part of the season. He's, uh, you know, he's raced gamely every week, and he's a nice horse too. He's just ran into two really, really nice, nice colts, and, uh, you know, he certainly belongs in there. But uh, I would would say him probably for third. But I'd have to give uh, Goliath maybe just uh, a wee bit advantage going into into Saturday over Steel Deal. Yeah, I completely agree with you with Dusty Lane Goliath. Um, You know, everything you said is is exactly on point. So I went with Dusty Lane Goliath as well. That one, and yeah. on to the last leg of the pick five race number 10. The winners over 1501 last five starts going for a purse of $1,600. Uh, who do you like? <laughs> I think I know who you're gonna pick, but I'm gonna go with your fella. Um, I like little Manny in here, he ran into some, uh, some traffic there last week, Grady, as you know. 
uh, gets a little break in in class as far as missing kind of you know uh, Woodmere Ideal and Blood Money, who will see action in the Rod Gogan in the final race on Saturday. But I think uh, you know the class drop here. He's got a good post to work with from post two, and I think Stephen's going to be half aggressive with this horse. Uh, there's some early speed in there though. He's going to have creeping coming at him, I think, and uh, Bugger Max likes to leave to the inside, but. Uh, I think you've got to give Manny the advantage here just with, uh, you know, the break, the small break in competition, Grady, and uh, he's got a good post. And I think Steven's going to drive this horse to win on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I can even uh, give you a little bit of insider information. Yeah, sure. He, he did train on Tuesday um, at, okay. at in, in two six, um, probably went his last eighth in about fourteen seconds. He was oh, nice, and he he seems to be feeling really good and acting like himself. And post two is a great spot for him, um, for him to be able to leave. Um, and you know, I know that Manny, he's he's one of those horses that that you know when he gets in front, you're gonna have to put your best foot forward to get by him because he won't let you by unless you know you're simply a better horse. Um, so, you know, even with all biased opinions aside, I do like little Manny on top. Yeah, no, I do too. I think he'll get the job done, Grady, and I know you'll be rooting for him. And I've always had a soft spot for this horse as well. He's, uh, you know, it's nice to see, um, you know, uh, somebody young like yourself following and getting involved. And I know you think a lot of this horse and, uh, you know, we didn't talk much about uh, that uh, second race on the afternoon, but uh, really impressed with that filly out of the Charlie Miles stable last week, Casey Starlight, uh, just the easiest of winners. Uh, you know, she's going to have to, you know, overcome post five. She's just making her second lifetime start, but uh, really, really impressed with this filly. And I think Charlie Miles you know, is one of the most underrated trainers. He, especially with young horses, he gets them uh, ready at a young age and, you know, he makes race horses out of uh, every, every young horse that he breaks. Yeah. Um, this, this filly there, KCS Starlight that um, I don't really even have a nickname for her because. Oh I yeah. With one <laughs> so I oftentimes just call her girl. Um, oh, okay. But really I didn't expect much of her um, early on in her career because of how she just you know she's so big and everything that and her and her sire at the time was kind of a little bit of a question mark in source of pride and we didn't yeah. know how much how how much you know how she'll react to certain things at the racetrack and everything but she's reacted to everything like a professional and she truly has came into realizing what her job is and yeah and, take, and she's taking care of she takes care of herself. She's very relaxed on herself. And, yep. you know, I mean, I can guarantee that we give that we put, you know, 110 percent into every one of these horses that we have here um, being yep. little KCS Starlight and Courier yep. Service that we all. So, you know, with her, it's going to be a tough one this week, but. Um, I'll be happy with anything because I pretty near cried walking to the winter circle last week. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were a happy camper. It's nice to see. All right. Uh, so before I let you go, I just need your selection for the Rod Gogan and how fast he'll go because I know exactly who you're going to take. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty hard to uh take anybody but time to dance in here. Um Mark Campbell has, you know, done a fantastic job with uh with this horse and um I know that um Brent Campbell, his trainer, has done an outstanding job with them. They bought this horse from Ontario. I think uh, you know, I could be wrong, but I think it was, you know, ten to fifteen thousand dollar range and they thought they were gonna get, you know, a nice decent overnight horse but you know this horse has turned into you know one of the nicest free-for-all pacers i've seen in a, in a long time in the maritimes you know i think back to horses like comedy hour who was a dominant pacer um but uh, you know this fella as you know grady has just done some outstanding things he drew bad in the uh, gold cup and saucers and so never really got into it uh, this horse likes to, uh, one thing about this horse, he does like the early going. He likes to be uh, dictating the pace. He likes to sit close. And I know Mark's going to be uh, going right for the top here. And as far as um, mile, um, I, you know, you're going to get some, I think Mark's going to go along with this horse. We're getting down towards the end of the season. I know he'll probably get a race breeder's crown week over in charlottetown uh, they normally have an invitational in october over there so his races are, are kind of dwindling for the season so i think mark's going to sit up on this horse and he knows what the track record is here and um you know if he if you know i think if we get an ideal day you know there's no reason why this horse can't can't beat 53 um you know exhibition park hasn't been known over the last two or three years for uh you know the speed the speed but uh you know our our guys here in st john do an outstanding job with the track looking after the number of volunteers throughout the week and on race day and you know tip of the hat to the guys that uh, keep the track you know in decent shape and i think this horse has a chance to do it uh, grady and um i would say i'm gonna say 53 and one I say he just misses it, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he does beat it. Okay. Thanks uh, for coming on, Scott. I very much appreciate it. Had a great time. Oh, it's a pleasure. And wish you all the best. All right. You too. Take care. Okay, let's get started with the second half of the show. Um, and on this half, we're going to talk about the Charlottetown Driving Park card uh, on Saturday night. Um, got a couple different uh, tickets uh, lined up, uh, the early and late daily double. Um, and we're going to kick it off with talking about the early daily double, which is races one and two. Um, in race one, it is a field of six with Winsun Rebel, Twin B Shadow, Zero Rate, Woodmere Rolex, Wims Drop Off, and E Gamer. And there was a few in here that I liked, but I landed on a slight value play in the 3 0 rate. This horse has a ton of back class to him. And, you know, in this one, it is the classifying is a non winners of 701. He's been racing in higher up in the non winners of 851, non winners of 1051, has a second down his lines in the non winners of 651, third at the bottom of his card in the non winners of 10 
in numbers at 10.51. So he's raced in tougher competition. He gets a good post going from post position three. Uh, should be able to get spotted well early. Gets Ken Murphy in the bike. He's driven this horse a fair amount of times. Um, and he shows some decent miles down his lines. You know, some 58, 57 down his lines. Um, I think that if he's possibly able to be into the top four um, early on in the race, the trip uh, should work out for him to land on the line first. That is the 3-0 rate in the first half of the Daily Double. In the second half of the Daily Double, which is a race number two, it is a non-winner's of one race life for the five-year-olds and younger horses and gellings going for a purse of 1019 not $1,900. It is a field of eight to go with Mr. Stanley Pocket of Aces. Roll with Hotty Toddy. CL Kingsley K's. Ryan ruined another one. DC Hammer and Hank. Windermere Kirk and Brookdale Joey. In this one, I did land on the three again in this roll with Hotty Toddy. He's this is a very talented two-year-old son of Roll With It Harry. Um, four owners, Trevor Hicken and, and Todd and Trish Hardy. Trevor Hicken is the trainer. Brody McPhee will get his first ever drive on the horse. Um, as you look down his lines through six starts this year, one second, four thirds. Um, and he's been racing in some Atlantic higher stakes events uh, for the two-year-old pacing colds up in the A divisions, you know, where he's getting consistent thirds all the way down his lines. Um, he was second in his last start at Northside Downs there uh, to Fernhill General in the Nova Scotia Stake in a mile and 159 flat. He's got 10 grand on his card this year, and uh, he gets out of some stakes action. He drops into a much easier class. I don't think there's going to be much value by playing this one, but I think that he is too good to refuse in the second half of the early daily double on Saturday at Charlottetown. So my early daily double for Saturday at Charlottetown is in race number one, I like the 3-0 rate, and in race number two, I like the, th the three roll with hottie toddy. Now on to the late daily double, which features the preferred one, races 11 and 12. The preferred one is race 11. The winners over 25 will one last five starts. They're going for a purse of $3,400. Very good field of five in here. Bugsy Maguire, Outcast, Blue Chip, Hitman Hill, Cowboy Logic, and Screen Test. And I went with a slight value play um, showing 7-2 to on the morning line. That is the rail sitter, Bugsy Maguire. I put him on top with driver Adam Erner, trainer Wade, sorry, owner Walter Simmons. He tried it in the Gold Cup and Saucer Eliminations of where it long odds he was able to sneak in and get a fourth place finish obviously that didn't put him in the final but he only lost by four lengths um there in a good field where he charted in 153 and two with adam Erner in the bike he went in the gold cup and saucer constellation the james roach mcgregor memorial gold cup and saucer constellation there uh during old home week as well after the elimination where he tripped out Got second in 52 and 4, 29 seconds in the closing quarter. Uh, that was a good mile there. In the preferred one on August 28th, he was fourth, beaten a length and three quarters in 53 and 4 with Adam Erner in the bike, beaten by Cowboy Logic, the Rev, and Screen Test. Two of them he is in against in here as well. Um, I think that uh, after a week break, if he can uh, have a little more uh, pep in his step, if you've 
you well um, and just uh, be a little sharper this week. I think he's got uh, a good chance to to maybe upset them slightly um, and provide some value maybe at around four to one um, or seven to two in that in that kind of area um, there. So I put him on top in this uh, first half of the late daily double just as a bit of a value play. That's the one Bugsy McGuire. In the second half of the late daily double, it is race number 12, the nightcap on Saturday night at Charlottetown. The non-winners of 15.01, last five starts. They're going for a purse of $2,500, and it is a good field of seven in there with the big chase on the rail, Sports Royalty, Bankshot Hanover, Usurper, Phil Dorleans, Talladega Sealster, and Good Eye Hawkeye. So a pretty competitive field in there and i did land on a four to one morning line that's the one the big chase this four-year-old by western paradise seen a lot of stakes action last year as a three-year-old in the maritimes this year kind of been under the radar racing in the uh higher conditioned um events you know kind of right below the top class um, he draws inside to post one, which I like. He does like to cut the miles, um, and when he does cut the miles, he's always usually uh, right there. He does have a win down his lines in 56-1, and one, therefore back with regular driver Corey McPherson. Corey McPherson is also the trainer. Um, has a, has three seconds down his lines all the way at the bottom of his card where he charted in 55 and a piece. So he's... He's been racing well this year. His last start, he was a disappointing seventh, though. He did end up three wide at a certain point, was outside for a lot of the mile, just uh, just didn't get the right trip. Um, I expect him to get a better trip going from the rail, um, you know, having that rail control. Um, so, you know, with... With McPherson, he'll he'll trip this guy out pretty pretty good. So I expect him to provide a slight value there in the second half of the daily double in race twelve, um, the late daily double in Charlottetown. So on the late daily double on Saturday night in Charlottetown in race number eleven, I like the one Bugsy McGuire, and in race number twelve, I like the one as well. That being the big chase. So that is it for the Charlottetown. Card. Now we're going to move on to Sunday at Truro Raceway. Um, and I believe Truro Raceway is hosting 10 races on Sunday afternoon. Pardon me, that is 11 races on Sunday afternoon at Truro Raceway. And the race that we're going to handicap is race number 10, the featured pace. It is the non-winners of 10.01 last five um, also eligible 85 claimers and winners over a thousand last five starts handicapped. They're going for a purse of $2,000 and from the rail out, it is batter up Hanover, Mando fun, lady in paradise, ashes to diamonds, Harry G and American risk. Um, it was hard to find a bit of value in here, but I did find some value, um, at the bottom end of this triactor that I'm going to be looking at, um, and, but it kicks off with probably what will be a one to nine shot when they go to post being batter up Hanover from the inside. This three year old by betting line is something to watch. Um, down his lines, three down. He broke the three year old track record at Charlottetown in 151 and four. Start after that, just couldn't trip out in the top class, was seventh and 55 and one. Last start, the non winners at 10 at Truro Raceway. He was a winner in 156, an easy mile for the Colt with a closing quarter of. 28 seconds flat. He has been something to watch here for owners Debbie Francis, Roseanne Langell, Doug Lowthers, 
trainer Paul Langell. Paul Langell is the driver. Um, he, you know, down his lines, he was second in the Lindsay Cup to time to dance there at Truro Raceway. He was second in the Walterdale Memorial at Exhibition Park. He's he's been a really nice colt this year. Um, so I like him on top. That's the one batter up Hanover. For a second, I went to the middle of the gate with the new mayor's track record holder, that being the four Ashes to Diamonds. This four-year-old by Better Than Cheddar in her last start was a winner in a dead heat in 154 and 2 with a closing quarter of 29 and 2 for owner David Livingstone and trainer driver Darren Crow. She gets in the middle of the gate, should be able to follow the truck out of there, the starting gate that is. Um, she was up in the birthplace of Confederation Series there at Charlottetown where she ended up being third in 54 and 3 in the final of that. She was second in the elimination for that. Before that, she wasn't really racing all that well, but it looks like she has definitely came into her own uh, recently, and I wouldn't be surprised if she can upset this group um upsetting batter up hanover but i like her for second in this try that's the four ashes to diamonds and this is where i find a slight bit of value um for to round out the try that is the five harry g um he was up racing um you know he went to the governor's plate um didn't race all that well there and then down his lines he's kind of in fairly moderate racing a trail raceway in the top class but his last start he kind of showed a bit of his former self where he was second in 155 and one to american risk with a closing quarter of 29 and one for owner christina gillis trainer duncan gillis and driver ernie laffin he did show as i mentioned his true colors a bit more in it and showed a bit of his old self in his last start he's shown four to one in the morning line i'll expect him to go to the gate around four to one five to one maybe seven to two or nine to two um but you know he's uh he's a nice horse and it looks like he's starting to find his rhythm again here in september so i like him to round out the try that is the five harry g now gonna take a quick break coming up i will be handicapping the north america cup final from mohawk park in campbellville ontario excited about that to be handicapping uh, that one um, as it is said to be a great race there on Saturday night so that is all coming up um, right now okay now we're gonna handicap the North America Cup final um, there at Mohawk Park uh, on Saturday night as well the one million dollar Pepsi North America Cup for three-year-old Colt Pacers and in that one I like elimination winner number four Bulldog Hanover he was an impressive elimination winner in 149 flat with a closing quarter of 26 and one and before that he had been dominant at Mohawk Park and in the Ontario Siren Six Gold program as he is currently on a winning streak of four straight and through six starts this year through eight starts this year he has uh, six wins and one second. So he has been very dominant there for trainer John Darling and driver Jody Jameson, this three-year-old son of Shadow Play. Uh, they picked post position four as, as it is in the North America Cup, where if you win your elimination, you get to pick your post. Um, so Bulldog Hanover and Connections picked post position number four, which looks like a pretty decent spot for him. Um, and this horse is, is the kind of horse that likes to be near the front um, and in the action a lot. Uh, so I like him uh, to give Jody Jamison, I believe, his third North America Cup win. I like Bulldog Hanover on top. For second, I went to the three perfect sting. 
Not much they had to say about this horse that it hasn't already be sa- been said numerous times. Perfect Sting is a very, very nice horse for trainer Joe Holloway and driver David Miller. In his NA Cup elimination, he was a winner in 149-4, and four, which was a very good mile. Before that, he was second in the Hemp, second in the Can Pace, a winner in the Tompkins Gears, a third place second in the Meadowlands Pace, a third in his Meadowlands Pace elimination. He has been very good this year through nine starts, four wins, four seconds, and one-thirds. Um, and he has close to a million dollars earned in his life. Pardon me, that is over a million dollars earned through only 14 starts life. So that is quite impressive for Perfect Sting. Um, he's a very nice horse there, and I expect him to get second. For third, I'm going to go to the local Ontario Sire Stakes program horse, that being the sixth, Desperate Man. He was second to Bulldog Hanover in his NA Cup elimination, where he charted in 149-1 and with a closing quarter of 25-4. and He absolutely stormed home. He was second in the Sun Beach somewhere at the start before that, second in an Ontario Sire Stakes gold. He does have a win five down in 149-4 and with a closing quarter of 27-4. and He's a very nice colt in here, Desperate Man. Another son of shadow play for owners Kathy and John Cheechin, Nicole and Paul Davis. Kathy Cheechin is the trainer. Trevor Henry will look for his four his first North America Cup. Um, but this desperate man, I mean, he he's a very nice colt um, in the Ontario Sire Stakes program, and he's looking really sharp right now. Gets post position six, which is actually the winningest post at Mohawk. Um, so I like him for third. But if you're going to look for a bit of an upset play to win, I would definitely recommend the six desperate man as an upset. And for fourth, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a super factor. So for fourth, I went to the nine Rocky Road Hanover. He beat Perfect Sting three down in the Cane Pace final in one forty eight and one at the Meadowlands. He was sixth in the Hemp, third in his North America Cup elimination. Dexter Dunn is in the bike for trainer Tony Alanya. Dexter has driven this horse, I think, for all of. 13 starts this year where he does have four wins two seconds and three thirds he's a very nice horse he does have to deal with the tough task of post position number nine but he's definitely one to put in the ticket that is the nine rocky road hanover so in the north america cup i have a superfecta led by the four bulldog hanover then the three perfect sting the six desperate man and then the nine rocky road hanover it is a very good group of colts there for the north america cup um, and it's going to be a great race um, there at Woodbine Mohawk Park. So that is the one race I handicapped that is not in the Maritimes for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening to Racing Around the Maritimes. Um, please do go follow me at Twitter, uh, at Grady underscore Hashi. Um, I would very much appreciate it. Um, you'll find uh, everything about harness racing on there and updates about the podcast. So please go follow that. Also, go follow the Twitter account for the podcast, racing at Racing ATM Pod. So uh, thanks for listening, and um, see you next week. Mm-hmm.